0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times.
1: It's that time of the year when the region's biggest sporting event captures our imagination. The 2023 SEA Games is upon us and for the next month, our eyes will be glued on our TV screens as we cheer on Team Singapore. The Republic is fielding 558 athletes across 30 sports for the upcoming May 5th to 17 SEA Games in Cambodia. If you've been listening to ST's Hard Tackle, we like to dive deep into questions that the fraternity has in their minds. I am sports reporter Deepan Raj Ganesan, and in this episode, we ask, is the SEA Games still relevant in 2023? To discuss that with me, I have two very talented former athletes, sprint hurdler and four-time SEA Games medalist, Deepna Lim Prasad, and former National Water Polo Vice Captain and 3 times Games gold medalist, Ip Kai. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. First and foremost, just so our listeners are up to date with your lives, Tell us, uh, what are you up to at the moment, Deep? maybe you can go first.
0: Okay. So officially, I am a homemaker. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Love it. I have two kids. They are four and two this year. Aside from that, I wear a few hats. So one is I run a social initiative in my shoes. I am vice chair of the SNOC Athletes Commission. I coach part time. I'm a host and um, MC sometimes. Just yeah. Uh,
1: looks like she's gonna give me a run for my money soon, <laughs> uh, given that she's a host and MC. I'll try to live up to your expectations. Rankai, what are you up to?
2: Oh, well, not, not as amazing as uh, Dipna. Oh. <laughs> right. Being a homemaker, amazing. Amazing stuff, right? Uh, for myself, uh, I run a sports marketing agency where we focus on broadcast rights distribution and also on uh, e-sports as well. Apart from that, I'm a father to two kids and I also lead the local organizing committee for the World Aquatics Championships 2025.
1: Nice, fantastic stuff. Clearly, both of you are busy with your own things. Uh, so thank you for taking some time to come here today. Let's start off with perhaps a simple question, for me at least, uh, which is what does the Sea Games mean to you? For me, it means a lot of hard work, a lot of work going into prepping for stories for the Sea Games. And Sea Games itself, so many things to do it. every day that's a story to write. For you, what does it mean, Renkai? Okay,
2: I guess when I was competing, right, the Sea Games meant continuing a legacy that our predecessors started in water polo. So I'm quite sure people know that we've never lost uh SEA Games gold medal in water polo since the start when it was called the, the SIAP Games, because unfortunately we did lose it back in 2019. But when I was competing, it was always about not being that first team to lose that gold medal. The weight on the shoulders was actually quite heavy, you know, because you go into the games with that expectations, not only on yourselves, but also, you know, the expectations from Singaporeans, where, you know, they they come to you expecting that every time Singapore plays at the Sea Games and water polo, we have to win the gold medal. So that is what it meant to us uh, as in continuing the legacy. Right now, I guess, for SEA Games, it's a lot more relaxed. SEA Games to me now is a way to catch up with friends from the region. So through my sporting career, I made a lot of friends around the region through competing at the SEA Games. And uh, these competitors have now become good friends that we catch up once every two years. Nice. Uh, deep now for you, what does the SEA Games mean?
0: Yeah, I think similar to Runka, I think because we're like in different stages of life now. Back then, you know, depending also on where I was in my athletic journey, it meant different things. So first SEA Games in 2011, I was even doing a different event. I was doing 100 hurdles, mm-hmm. um, came in last by the way, not so good. Um, But yeah, you know, just got the first one out of the way and it was like just a huge milestone for me personally to even make the team. And then in 2013, then become flag bearer and then win the first medal for track in many, many years. Then throughout the journey, then it became like, you know, an expectation to medal at the Games, become a multiple medalist, break certain records. So there are a lot of expectations as you grow in that journey. And then now for me, it's really a very exciting time because I sit my kids down in front of the TV to cheer on all the aunties and uncles that they see, you know, when we catch up on the track or even just for coffee and over meals. So it's quite, in a sense, full circle and seeing it from different perspectives. But yeah, now I'm, I'm just really excited. It's like a mini Olympic Games for us.
1: Nice. I have to ask, right, uh, what did winning that first SEA Games medal feel like deep enough for you?
0: Uh, it was quite surreal, actually. I think... It was, because going into the Games, it was, I was definitely an underdog and it was, um, uh, okay, there's potential, but to see it actually hanging from my shoulders, it's, uh, I was like, wow, okay, it's, it's real. And I think that actually now it became, looking back, that was actually the moment where my track career really like properly began because I, I felt a bit more like legit. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, okay, like now it begins, like the, really the hard work. And then that's when it really sent my track journey to a different trajectory because I then envision myself, you know, going full-time and things like that, which I did eventually, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Renkai, the question that I will pose to you is, you know, you've talked about what uh, the SEA Games meant to you, but what should it mean to an ordinary, average Singaporean? You know, someone who's perhaps not so involved in sports, uh, watches it here and there. What should it mean to a
2: Singaporean? The SEA Games is basically something that we call our own in terms of uh, the whole community in Southeast Asia. This is the only multi-sport games that brings together all 10 different countries. So it's where we also have our, the, the most number of athletes who will represent the nation, right, as compared to your Asian Games or your Olympic Games. So, you know, the Singaporeans that we have, it's, it's more of a time together and to support our national athletes each and every one of them who have put in all that effort, that commitment, the perseverance to get to where they are. I guess for some athletes, this would be their first C Games where they may falter or they may excel. But for seasoned athletes, it's a platform for them to, to hone in their skills. And yes, people say that, you know, what, what is the relevance of SEA Games now? You know, uh, We have a lot of athletes who are excelling at the global stage. But for a lot of athletes, the SEA Games is the first step towards getting to the bigger stage. Like what Dipna mentioned, right? She she got that medal and then she felt legit. And it's the same for a lot of younger athletes where, you know, you get to a stage. I remember my first SEA Games right, in uh, Philippines. We were playing against Philippines. And of course, pre-games, the Filipinos were very confident that that would be the year that they would beat us. So the the whole, I mean, you would expect like the whole stands were filled with Filipinos cheering on their team. And I remember that I couldn't even hear the referees whistle, right? And so when we won, we won by one goal. It was a whole sense of relief. And we know that, you know, Singaporeans are always there, behind us, supporting us. And it's something where we will always hold close to heart. As athletes, I think we all know that how important it is for having that support. And so I think for us, we always, you know, hope for that support from the general public so that we can continue to hone in our skills and represent the nation.
1: Fantastic. Uh, so this is the part in, in on Estee's Heart Tackle where I ask you guys to state your stand. And I feel like I've already got uh, Renkai's position on this. But the question is, and, and I'll ask you deep first, is the SEA Games still relevant in 2023?
0: Um, yeah, I say yes. I, I honestly don't see when it will not be relevant because I think for me, it, I mean, again, it means many things. So one is for a young athlete, it's a stepping stone to bigger things, right? And when I became a more senior athlete, on my fourth SEA Games, SEA Games was really something I went there ready to deliver medals and on top of that, I saw it as a warm-up towards Asian Games the next year, so in, from 2017 to 2018. And I think a lot of us, especially this year, feel that way as well because there's Asian Games just a few months down the road. So um, I say yes, forever
1: and always.
2: Okay, uh, Rinkai, It's a definite yes. Um, I think, you know, some SEA Games, as, as I mentioned just now, it's really bringing together the whole Southeast Asia. That's where our Singaporeans can support our national athletes and for the sea games we would be competing in most of the events right so there is a good choice of athletes who will be representing the nation and you know again some of them would be the first sea games and they need all that support that they can get in order for them to progress on to bigger things and that's what sports is all about right
1: that's true that's true. So. Since both of you guys are in agreement, so I'll have to play the backcourt here, I'll try to ask a few questions I have on my mind that perhaps might deter you from thinking the way that you do, I'll try. Uh, first and foremost, sometimes the C Games is known as the kampong games because uh, you see holes, they they tweak with the program to include traditional sports that they are strong at. And then they drop others that they are weaker at or they perhaps might lack the infrastructure to support. Can or should anything be done about that? Renka, I'll come to you because I think in, in, in athletics, I think you don't often see that. I might be wrong, but usually you see the... the
0: We're quite lucky to be a mainstay yeah, spot. Yeah, it, it's a yeah. mainstay.
1: Whereas there are certain sports where you see lots of uh, rejigging done. So how can that be prevented? And do you feel like you you understand why it's called the Kampong Games because this happens?
2: I think, yes, that term has been floating around quite a bit, especially the last few games as well. Um, For... 2021 in Hanoi, there was no water polo. Yes. So so we know, I mean, because 2019 we lost it, so 2021 we were like, yes, let's get it back, but there wasn't water polo. So it's a shame, but I think that we try to control what we can control. Those that we can't, even if we try, we can't, right? And yes, I mean, you look at it, there are some host countries where even, you know, one week before the Games, there will be venues that are, not completed yet, almost completed, but not completed, but you know that they will pull through. I think that's something where miraculously you'll see that, oh, on the day of the competition, the venue is there. So I I feel that there is definite areas of improvement for the SEA Games, especially, you know, for the different host nations. But what I feel is that we should have a strategy where we have more sports that are competed at the Olympic level or the Asian Games level, and to add it in as uh, core sports for the Sea Games. Yes, each of the host nation will have their own traditional sports, and it's not wrong you know, for them to do that because one way is to also showcase their heritage, their culture. Which, where in in Southeast Asia, this is what this is what we are good at, right? We have so much culture and heritage around that this is a perfect platform for the Games host to showcase. So they would have it, but I feel that if you have those additional sports that are competed at the bigger, major Games, then that would bring even more legitimacy to the SEA Games.
1: Yep, that's fair. Um, Deepna, th- there is this argument that, you know, the SEA Games perhaps has lost. It's importance because uh, a lot of these countries now have athletes who have attained high standards in the international field do you feel because of that then they might not see the SEA Games as an important aspect in their career and and what's your response to
0: that? I mean, I think that's with sport, right? It's never a one and done. There's always going to be something to improve on and something you're going to be striving for. There's you know, your timing can always be better. Your competitors also change and you get a lot of competition from around the region that are amazing. So, no, it's always going to be different. It's not just because you won the gold medal or a medal the previous edition. It doesn't mean that you're definitely going to get on the podium this time round. It's really sometimes even just a struggle to make it to the start line. Because that spot, right, is unpredictable. Um, injuries come your way and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's always going to be important I think, as I mentioned previously, it's really always a stepping stone towards something else. And you have to really look at the calendar. And I think the sports calendar is still trying to recover from the pandemic where everything was on halt. So, I mean, just, um, for example, there are two major games this year, which is, is really crazy and it's quite exhausting for our athletes. And so you really have to prioritize a little bit and bear in mind that there's Paris Olympics next year. So there's a lot on their minds and we have to be really strategic not to overstretch ourselves and our bodies. Yes, it's always going to be important, but I think it's also about being strategic to a certain extent if you need to reshift your priorities for certain years.
1: Okay. Uh, on, on that note, right, you know, Renka, I think you might be the best person to answer this because water polo, you said, right, it, it dominated for many years. And of course, they'll go into this edition trying to re- regain back what they had. But when you're winning constantly at ASEAN level, what's the real joy in that? You know, you, I know you talked about pressure, having to defend it time
2: and again. But beyond that, you know, do you really get something out of it? Definitely. I think, uh, like what Dipda mentioned, you get a goal at one Games, you're not assured of a goal at the next Games, right? People improve. I mean, we have seen countries, of course, those who are hosting would spend more resources on improving the team. So, for example, 2005, Philippines was hosting. They really spent a whole lot of money to improve the team and they got very close to us. Right In uh, 2007, in uh, Korat, same thing. You could see that there are additional resources pumped into the sport for the host country. And it makes things very exciting, right? Because we will be literally fighting in a pool and there will be punches thrown underwater, of course. Um, but then, you know, after the whole games everyone gets together to celebrate so everyone from all the different water polo nations would gather and then we will just chat engage and and find out how everyone's doing i think that's that's the beauty of sport
1: okay uh very solid sell so far <laughs> uh, if the sea games matters right why is it that certain sports that fail to perform continue to get a free pass so For me, especially being someone who covers football quite a lot, we've never quite met expectations in in football. But somehow, you know, every time football gets to go to the SEA Games, while some other sports don't often get to go to the SEA Games, like getting to the SEA Games, it's a big thing for some sports. Do you think the mark or the way we allow sports to get into some of these uh, SEA Games should be better if you want to see SEA Games as something that's competitive and something that should be earned? Maybe Renkai can come first and then Dipna. No.
2: Wow. That is a very tough question. There are definitely some sports who earn their right to go, um, but then for whatever reason, do not get selected. Um, and then we look at you know other sports which haven't been performing, but they still do get to go. From an athlete perspective, I look at it and of course, you want as many athletes to be there as possible with the hope that every athlete that goes to a games does excel in their sport most of the times it doesn't happen but do we then not give them that chance and because if they don't go to the sea games what are the other competitions that they can go for right if you talk about football specifically yeah, it's one of it is the AFF cup and then one of it is the sea games right Apart from that, they don't have many other opportunities to sort of gain back the trust from the public. So from an athlete perspective, I do feel for them and I really hope that these boys do perform to expectation. I don't think we are are talking about, you know, getting to the finals or maybe even the semi-finals, but to hold yourself to a certain standard that you would be able to accept. I think that's something that we are all looking for.
1: Dipna, do you think almost that my viewpoint is too too cynical in a sense where I'm saying Sea Games has to be a competition where people go in to perform or at least show something, and just because you don't even get a bronze medal or you don't even go get to the semi final, why are you coming to the Sea Games? You know, do, is it too cynical?
0: Yeah, it's really harsh. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's really that. I really always see SEA Games as a great opportunity and a great stepping stone. So it's two things. And I think if we don't provide the opportunity, then how do we expect to see any results? It's really trying to be a bit more open-minded and have a bit more foresight to provide the opportunity. Because for me, really, I went through the ranks, right? I mean, from not making the team to making the team but not meddling to then slowly going up the podium. So it's really something that I always viewed as I was very thankful to have had the opportunity and to then slowly fight my way back and all the way up and then you know towards Asian Games then and then making the finals there so if you don't provide opportunities then it's a very chicken and egg situation right how do you expect to see all these results if you do not even give them a chance so I think it's always just being a bit more understanding and forgiving and sports is inclusive we need to be there and if we're going to be so limited and not have a white foundation and cast our net wide then how do we get to the pinnacle right <music> Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode.
1: And now back to my conversation with Ip Renkai and Deepna Lim Prasad. Uh, Deepna and Renkai have clearly established uh, why the SEA Games is still relevant in 2023. Let's look at the 2023 SEA Games now. Deepna, I'll start with you. What and and who are you most looking forward to watching in Cambodia from May 5th to 17th?
0: I mean, of course, I'm very biased, but (laughs) I'm very into track. I'm very excited to watch all my former teammates and all the young faces come up. I think also in the past few years, there's a lot of new faces. The team is quite young now, so it's quite exciting to see all the up and coming people. I think also just water polo because I know I mean some people really like came out of retirement because they felt so strongly about that What a silver. story that is
1: by the way I know yeah. so it's really
0: quite incredible I'm very excited to see the team fight for it and honestly I I feel that like sometimes being the underdog is a little bit easier like there's something to really strive for and like there's still a lot of pressure for sure I mean it's not easy in the sense that you have to really fight and claw your way back but there's some like additional excitement and thrill in that yeah so um, I guess also a bit biased because you know Renkai, I, those are all sports but yeah honestly track um, and water polo
1: Renkai uh,
2: did you give much thought to returning as well
1: I mean how close did you come to
2: <laughs> no 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 I definitely not returning Um, I believe that we have a good bunch of athletes both young and both senior players who have come back so this year it's about revenge right I there's no two ways to put about it it's about getting back that gold medal. And I am very confident that the boys will do it. I have full confidence in them. I think we've spoken to water polo fraternity around. Everyone is really waiting for them Hungry to Hungry for it. Yes, get back that gold medal. I think to your question as well, um, Shanti, right? She's in the form of her life. L- watching just her, you know, break the national records across, you know, how many months, how many national records... I really want to see her excel again and just to continue that hot form at the SEA Games. For sure. What sports do
1: you think will deliver? I know you've talked about water polo. Besides that, you know, what are certain other sports that you're looking at or perhaps athletes that you're looking at that you think will deliver? So I think the obvious one is Shanti, right? A personal hope is that I hope she gets both the 100 and the 200 this time. Uh, I still remember being in Hanoi when when she won gold. And I, I was moved to tears because that's the kind of moments that you wait to see, right? And I'm sure people have watched the YouTube video many times about how she reacts. She couldn't believe it. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how she does. But beyond that, who else are you looking forward to? Or, or perhaps maybe you can start off with Shanti Deepna. Because you 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 are, of course, someone who has trained with her. You've You've been with her for a, a while now. Um, what do you think she is thinking of and what do you think she will do?
0: I mean, I think I was very careful not to name any names previously because I think I don't want to mm. put that pressure on anyone. I they have I know for sure that each athlete has their own expectations and their own pressure that they are putting on themselves. So I don't want an additional load to be placed on them. But um, yeah, I think for Shanti and any other athlete, they are really just trying to keep their head down and focus in their own lane. Um, because if you execute the race as planned and as per training then everything else will come, right? So it's really just about blocking out all the noise and just focusing on themselves and what their coach says and how their body feels. And it's just this is the last bit of fine-tuning already. So everything is already in them. And it's a lot about being safe because it's not just SEA Games. They have to keep their mind straight for Asian Games and then it's going to be Olympics next year already. So it's really like this is like a jam-packed two, three years and they have to really be very mindful. So I think it's really just about keeping your head down and just focusing.
1: Okay, uh Renkai, what what sports do you think perhaps will deliver a surprise us? Like anyone any sports that you have in mind?
2: Well I I guess definitely the swimmers will be up there, right? Mm. Um but it's not so much of a surprise. I think our swimmers have shown that they are kings of the pool in Southeast Asia and also even at the Asian level as well. So I'm quite sure that they'll be doing very well. Um fencing? Fencing is something that uh, definitely has has shown good results across the last few games as well. So I'm quite sure that fencing will continue on. What I'm looking for, possibly floorball. I think floorball is a uh, because we are hosting the world champs as well for for the women's game this year. I think this would be a very good you know way to show that this team is getting ready for the world champs in Singapore.
1: Yeah, when we talk about sports that will deliver all surprise, of course, uh, we also need to talk about medal targets. Do you think you know medal targets are important for an athlete or for an NSA?
0: Yeah, I think overall, it still has to exist. Very simply because it's a chicken-egg situation where we have to look at how do we attract sponsors and funding and... Yeah, it's always good to have a target as well. So it's good to be there. But ultimately, when you're training for it, you're, that's not what you're looking at. It's really just something on the paper and it's great to hit. But really, it's a lot more about the story and the journey of the athlete. Yeah, so I think it, it has to exist. But whether it's truly relevant and important for the athlete, I'm not sure.
1: Okay, uh, because it's usually quite the bugbear for me, you know, uh, and maybe you guys can help me make sense of it. So closer to Sea Games over the last few weeks, you know, you, you go out on media day and, and you speak to some of these NSAs and then you always ask them what's the target for the Sea Games? Um, and then the, the answers will be along the lines of oh, you know, as long as our athletes do our best or, or oh, our targets are internal, uh, uh, it's something we've discussed internally. Uh, but you know we talk about the fact that you know these are athletes who get carded or or, or spec scholarship, so why are administrators so scared to reveal existing targets to the media okay? I think
2: that because you know having a target, it's putting a number to how your athletes perform is the most tangible way of doing it, right? but at the same time, it's the most shallow way of looking at things because the medal tally does not show the journey that the athlete has been through, right? Just knowing how many goals, how many silvers, how many bronzes, how many fourth places even, right? Doesn't show anything that the athlete has gone through to prepare for the Games. So, as what Deepna mentioned, it mentioned, it, it is a good way for sponsors to go, oh wow, okay, this sport has got good results, you know, but who does it help? Does it it really help the athlete? Does it tell a story for the athlete? No, it doesn't, right? And for the NSAs, their role is to make sure that the athlete performs to their best, right? Of course, if they say, yes, as long as athletes do well, all that kind of thing, I think that's also a little bit short of, you know, giving an answer. But, you know, if they say that I want each of my athletes to perform better than they did, at the last games or even better than they they have ever done before yes that is a proper target that we should look at and these nsas are doing the right thing by protecting their athletes all right, from from going out there to go, oh, sorry, I committed one gold medal for you. I committed one silver medal for you. I, I, I don't know, but I think you can do it. You know, That's that's not the way that the NSA should help. Basically,
1: don't invite unnecessary exactly. pressure, like what right. you're saying.
2: Just um, now, I mean, Shanti, um, was saying that, oh, yeah, we shouldn't name names. Always happens. Shanti, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but all we want is for these athletes to perform better than they did the last time and to show progress. I'm quite sure that, you know, the SPEC scholarships, you know, all the different carding, it's not purely based on whether or not you win a medal, right? It is based on how your progress has been. And I feel that that should be the emphasis, right? I mean, it, it, straight times, you know, you always have a this sport, a plus, this oh, one, that C, one this the ranking.
0: One.
1: <laughs> oh, that one, that one maybe is a podcast
2: <laughs> that we have to do separately.
1: Okay, stress,
2: stress. Yes, you do it. It's for readership, mm-hmm. which which makes sense. But you know, sometimes for the athlete, they read, they go, "You didn't know what happened behind." Yeah. I was yeah. sick hmm. two weeks before the tournament. Right, That, that kind of counting comes out, and uh, so sometimes I feel that it's it's more of just. Ensuring that these athletes go through a proper journey, the results will come. Fantastic answer.
1: Um,
0: He's so good. It's like. yeah. really very good answer. I, I
1: feel like but he
2: rehearsed this though. You know, he,
1: maybe, not, maybe. I, it's the last copy. time I couldn't it's sleep
2: because you mm. sent me this kind of questions, I was like, oh shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I also want to look at, at, at medals. I, I know what you're saying, I understand that. But uh, when we look at the pure numbers, right, uh, we, we see a, a trend, which is a downward trend in, in gold medals. This can be for a variety of reasons, right? So we had fifty eight in twenty seventeen, and then it came down to fifty three in twenty nineteen, and it dropped to forty seven in twenty twenty two. What what do you make of of this downward trend in in gold medals? Do you feel deep is because we have more young ones coming through? So for example, I think in these games we have like over two hundred and fifty debutants. At the last e games, we saw you know very young fencer uh, Elko came to the fore. So we are we are seeing more and more younger people come through. So. Is that uh, a good thing then that we might have lesser gold medals but we have more debutants?
0: I mean, I think that debutants also can medal. Uh, so that not it's not necessarily a factor. But I think it's, it's really more than just just a number, right? As Renkai had mentioned, it's and it's also there's a lot of other factors like maybe what sports are being featured at the games, what is the total number of sports, and which sports are they also. So there are a lot of other factors like that. But yeah, I think it's not so good to focus on the number. <laughs> Come on, Difa. What What is your obsession <laughs> with numbers here? Come. We need to turn this on you. No, so <laughs> I, I
1: think for as a, from a reporting perspective, because uh, when you look at games like DC games or Asian games, as much as, you know, you want to to see personal breakthroughs and people doing their PBs and all, but I think it's also important to look at their perspective of how can we say that we are showing progress, you not know, beyond the fact that someone might do their PB, but how do we stand in terms of our competitors in the region? And I think, Medals and, of course, gold, silver and bronze is the way to look at it in terms of gauging where you are. But I do understand your your arguments and what you guys are saying that, you know, sometimes you do have to look beyond numbers and and things like specs and, and getting carded is not just based on results, but progress that you are making. So uh, I, I do understand what you're saying. So for me, I think in terms of the downward trend in, in gold medals, it's something that's there. You know, when you, when you look at the numbers, you do see it. And, and you raised a good point about the sports being featured or not being featured. So, for example, for these games, uh, we don't have bowling. Uh, we don't have shooting, which is, you know, two two sports that we generally do very well in. So that will affect our, our gold medal chances. And I think it's also important to put it out there that people might look at just the numbers and say, "Hey, Singapore sports is on a decline because you see uh, lesser. But perhaps that's not the truth because then when you look deeper into it, you see, you know, lesser sports being featured. But Renkai, for you, to put you on the spot, if you could, you know, what, what is your prediction of how Team Singapore is going to fare at these SEA Games in terms of medals or, or gold medals? So do you think from 47 in 2022, we might reach at least a 50 this time?
2: I certainly hope so. I think this is the first games that really post pandemic. This is the first SEA Games post pandemic, right? Um, I know that the athletes have been training very very hard and they are setting their sights on not only the sea games the asian games but also even paris 2024 i certainly do hope so and i'm sure that every athlete that wears the country flag on their outfits will definitely put in their best and you know if we get the result awesome right it's it's a good story to tell if we don't get the result, it's something where we go back and we do a deep analysis. I think that as with sports, you know, sometimes even your your competitor may falter and you get the gold. I mean, I remember Winter Olympics, uh, short track, speed skating, everyone before the, the last guy fell and the last guy got a gold medal, right? This kind of thing <laughs> happens. It's sport, right? So we can't actually predict, you know, are we going to exceed, you know, 47 gold medals. But I think we can control what we can control, which is each athlete's performance.
1: Deepna, for you, um, where do you see or how do you see Team Singapore doing as a whole? What would be a good performance and what would be not a good performance in your own words?
0: I think it's really about what each athlete's target is for the games it's and whether they meet it or not and I think that's I know it's really hard um, for anyone to really understand because it's personal also right so not every athlete's going to share not everyone's going to know what then determines what a good performance is and how does that show objectively and yes I mean no matter how important a personal journey is ultimately we are ranked against our competitors and overall and how does it look like optically to the public? So it's definitely tricky. I'm always going to be focused on each individual athlete. But from an organisational point of view, I think it's really just trying to see as objectively the results because we can't control the colour of our medal. And you know it might just be that regionally, we are all coming up to a higher standard of like international and world level. So it's hard but to give you an answer in terms of medal colour and medal tally but i really do believe and hope that our athletes achieve all their own personal targets yeah and that would be a good game for me uh
1: before we we end things i thought it would be a nice way to end things by asking each of you to you know speak to to, to athletes who will be competing at the sea games so imagine that you know athletes are listening to this renkai uh, you can go ahead first uh, what is your wish for athletes uh, at the 2023 sea games
2: to the debutants first go out there enjoy yourself. Use this opportunity to look beyond just Southeast Asia. Ensure that you perform to your best and make sure that you enjoy the journey, right? I remember my first sea games. um, we We were at the opening ceremony. I think water polo always finishes before the opening ceremony. So we were at the opening ceremony walking and of course we were having our gold medals around our necks walking at the opening. Um, and you really soak in the atmosphere. I'm sure that, you know, Sea Games, it's, it's a game where it's quite close by. So you probably have more family members, more friends that are there supporting you. I'm quite sure that there will be a whole contingent of Team Singapore, whether it's Team Nila, whether it's ordinary Singaporeans there to support you. So just soak it up, but make sure that you focus, be able to focus on your own task at hand and uh, just go and enjoy the games. For the more senior athletes, I hope that, of course, you will go out there, you will know what needs to be done. To, to excel, but at the same time, don't forget about your younger athletes, uh, your your debutants as well, to guide them, to make sure that they don't feel overwhelmed by that, by just the whole scene, the whole situation, and make sure that they don't have to go through the same uh, maybe issues that you went through during your first few games.
1: Okay, uh, Deepna, for you, what is your message to Athletes competing at the 2023 SEA Games.
0: Yeah, I think very similar to Kai, but a bit more um, like on the ground. It's like for the, for the newcomers to do your research beforehand. So obviously some sports like, for example, water polo might fly in ahead of you. Try and make friends with them and say like, hey, can you send me um, pictures of the accommodation of, you know, if you know any schedules or anything like that. Your NSA staff might be on the ground earlier than you. So make sure that you get the information back. So you can have a lot of mental prep even before you reach there because that removes some of that overwhelming... Because it's huge. A, a major game is huge. There's so many different sports and everything. Obviously, athletes have travelled internationally for their own competitions, but not to a scale such as a major game where there are different sports and it's really... Even the venue and the just the accommodation can be very overwhelming already. So um, just remove all of that um, unknowns as much as possible. And then after that, go there and try to soak it all up because... Um, I think sometimes also, as I mentioned, you do have to focus and stay in your lane, but you have to also remember to look up and just look around you and see who you have um, in the stands or even just the camaraderie you feel with Team Singapore, not just in your team sport, but aside from it, the whole, all the other sports. I remember in 2013, when I flew up, I flew up before the track team because I was um flat bearer. So water polo, I was like the only one and I was just like sitting in the dining hall by myself and then water polo came and sat with me. And then that I really felt... A significantly, I was I wasn't lonely anymore. They were so sweet. Um, yeah, you always and, do that. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's really, it, it, then I really felt like, wow, this is what <laughs> it means to be part of Team Singapore. Like, it's really regardless of sport, and it's just about that flag. Um, so really, just try to enjoy that, um, and of course, make friends with all your regional friends as well, because a lot of familiar faces as you grow older. But yeah, those.
1: All right, uh, fantastic. I think perfect sharing to end things off. Thank you once again, Deepna and Kai for sharing your insights and also scolding me a bit about uh, the, the medal <laughs> targets. Uh, but I thought we had a brilliant conversation and all the best to Team Singapore. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I was cool. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices.